All right, welcome back into the home of Sooner fans, the ref with Josh Helmer. Um, Chris Blank, we are 27 minutes away from the Brent Venables press conference. Ah, it's almost Venables o'clock. Do you, is there anything in particular, Josh Helmer, that you're intrigued in knowing tonight, today, this afternoon, 27 minutes from now? Maybe another update on Canik? Yeah, another update on Canik for sure. Run game thoughts. I think that a uh, good chance that's going to be a topic of discussion. And then uh, his impressions. I- Iowa State played better a week ago. You know, some of that probably is Oklahoma State. But uh, this will be a nice little week to see how businesslike this group can be. I feel like every single time Iowa State comes here, it's too close for comfort. Maybe well, and, you know, even uh, a couple of times, built a nice little lead, and then it got too close for comfort. Dude, that 2019 game, that 2019 game is still one of those, that two, to this day. Two-point two conversion try. Yeah. Parnell Motley knocked down the pass in the end zone. To this day. I still do not understand how that game got where, where it was. It's one of those games where I looked at the scoreboard, and I'm like, we're about to lose this we're game. We're going to lose this game. Now, and I keep – I get the game screwed up. It wasn't Kansas State. I, it might have been – there was a home game that OU was was pretty much in control and Jalen threw a really bad pick six or had a fumble return for a touchdown. I, uh, I know yeah, it wasn't Kansas State. I, I keep – for some TCU? reason, TCU, right? But that Iowa State game was just one of those to where uh, the party was on. Like, we are – at. What was the Shannon Sharp? Somebody call the National Guard. We are absolutely destroying Iowa State right now. Destroying them. It was TCU. Was it the TCU? Game, the game okay. You're of. I always get that game confused with the with the uh, the Iowa State game. Oh, you held on for that win, that Iowa State game later that year. That was the that was the two point conversion pass where they didn't throw it to Kolar and he was wide open and. OU was up 28-17 driving in. Yeah, make it 35-17. Yeah, or 31-17, worst ah, case. Call. And Jalen Hurts threw a pick six. Mm-mm-mm. All right, it is a time for the top five stories of the day as we prepare for Oklahoma and Iowa State. Here we go. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino offers earn 20, get $20. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 to 10. That's 10A to 10P. Newcastle Casino, a casino conveniently located. Exit 107 off I-44. I think I've made that exit 102, exit 202. But it is 107, one, exit I-44. 107, exit, exit, I-44, exit yes. 107 off I-44. Four. Come on down to the casino. And uh, don't forget about Midnight Moolah, where you are always a winner. Become a new member at Newcastle Casino and earn up to $250 <laughs> in bonus play. I'm, I'm so screwed up on that now, too. Exit 107 I, off I-44. I'll tell you something, man. I will find myself in a situation nonstop. That for some reason I'll leave this show and I'll look at like, hey, exit 107. As soon as I leave this building, I'm like, 205? 102? It just never stays. One of these days, I I hope not, but one of these days somebody's going to angrily call, I took exit 102. I know, right? I'd be really mad. All right, big story, number five. Number five. Well, the Big 12 men's and women's basketball schedules have been released. Quick little perusing. You can get tickets, by the way, right now at Soonersports.com slash tickets. Uh, Oklahoma. So they are not they are not playing two against well they, this is explained perfectly. I don't know why I'm trying to reinvent the wheel with this. Um home and away. So the teams we see twice. Cincinnati, Iowa State, Kansas, Oklahoma State and Texas. Home only. BYU, Houston, Texas Tech and West Virginia. Away only. Baylor UCF, Kansas State, and TCU. So we got to go to Baylor? We do. OU will make its first road trip of the league slate on Wednesday, January 10th. 
and it will continue its road swing at Kansas on Saturday, January 13th. Key dates on said Big 12 schedule look like this. Oh, they haven't put it up on the the actual schedule page yet. Potizzi's ahead of the game on the women's side. Uh, Some key dates on the home schedule include January 6th for the Iowa State game, January 23rd for the Texas game, the final Big 12 regular season home game against Oklahoma State on February 10th, the final game against Kansas on February 17th. All 18 games will be on ESPN's family of networks, including 11 of the 18 on ESPN+. And I really hope the men's basketball team has improved. The little clips that they keep showing on Twitter got me a little bit juiced up. Not going to lie. I'm convinced we might go undefeated. Not going to lie. Meanwhile, on the women's side of things, Jenny Bronchek's crew looking to continue to build upon a solid two-year run. Uh, And gosh, can you imagine? No Maddie Williams? No Ana Yanusa? Taylor Robertson? It's been a minute. Whole new mindset. They'll open up. Big 12 play at home on December 30th against UCF. And how about their first road trip in Big 12 play, January 3rd against BYU? Happy New Year. You're off to Utah. Enjoy Provo. Final Bedlam game in Stillwater is February 3rd for the women. Final home Bedlam game against the Cowgirls, February 24th, Texas. We'll visit the Lloyd Noble Center on the women's side on February 28th. Not bad, right? Um, all right, big story number four. Number four. I, I, this is just a quick check. This is just a quick. I know we don't do a lot of baseball on here, but it's the final week of the season. We got good races going on right now. Mariners are, uh, how do you say, coming apart at the seams. Lost four straight games. To uh, the teams that they're right in the thick of this thing with. Can't have that happen. Rangers and uh, Astros. They got a, oh man, they got two more against the Astros, I believe, and then the rest against the Rangers. They've gone three and seven in their last ten games. They've lost uh, four straight. They're a game and a half behind the Astros. The Rays have clinched a wild card spot, which means somehow Tampa keeps doing it. Yesterday, both the Yankees, and I think the Red Sox were eliminated a couple of days ago, but the Yankees were officially eliminated from the wild card. And you got a pretty good battle right now in the National League, too. Both the Marlins and Reds are knocking on the door. Marlins are a game back. Reds are two and a half back. The Reds got a big one yesterday. And I'm pretty sure, just looking at the... You said the Yankees are going to the playoffs? Did I say that? I hope not, because they're out of the playoff mix. You said the Red Sox are going to the playoffs? No, no, no. I think they're out, Josh. I'll have to double. Yes. Um, oh, thank God. <laughs> That's tremendous. You scared me for a moment. I was like, are you sure? You know, sometimes I might slip and say it. Sorry, Yankees and Red Sox fans. Um, Small market guy here. Got Yeah, gotta, you know, you got to get your shots gotta, in while you can. That's right. Got to bully you a little bit here. The Rangers are going to win the West, aren't they? They've got hot at the right time. They've won six in a row. Meanwhile, just about everything in the National League has been decided. I think the Brewers are one win away from clinching the Central. Dude, we uh, we got a little juice in the Major League Baseball season. Now, I say the Rays have clinched a wild card. They're still very much alive in the divisional chase. The Rays are only two and a half games behind the Baltimore Orioles. Getting pretty good, baby. Mm. It's just wild to me. I was ready to fire Dave Roberts. And the Raider and the Dodgers are going to probably finish with 100 wins this yeah year. you and the Raider, the rest of the raider fans will be ready to fire him here shortly. Dude, let me tell you something right now about the raiders don't get me off this positivity of the dodgers right now there is no way they can bring this guy back next year as their head coach josh no way no way raiders and dodgers will both be looking for new skippers i think it's kind of a countdown to the dodgers and the braves in the national league and i don't know maybe maybe the rangers and the orioles in the american league we'll see Dodgers Braves. It's going to be fun. All right, big story number three. Number three. Did I do that right? Five, four, three. All right, big story number three quickly. Um, everybody is is bailing on the Zach Wilson bandwagon. Now, I'm not here to tell you that there was ever a lot of people on it. 
But now you have uh, now you have Joe Namath, that basically is saying that he's done with Zach Wilson. And usually, Josh Helmer, when you lose Joe Namath That's as a supporter, not not a good vote of confidence to lose. Not a good vote of confidence at all. Um, here was a quick snippet of Joe Namath yesterday. He was on with uh, let's see who is this Michael K. And they were asking him about Zach Wilson and what he thinks about the uh, Jets. Been on the road, and I thought our guys responded pretty Oh, hold on, hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. That's Brent Namath. Hold on. That's Brent Namath. I forgot to hit pause on that. This is Joe Namath. Yeah. Broadway Joe. Sorry. My bad. Why were you watching? (laughs) I mean, please. When did you ever see uh, uh, Well, well, Zach will stay on Zach. You sit down. You sit down on the play, you go right down. What happens? I thought you're trying to win and make plays. You quit on a play. What is going on? It's disgusting. Joe Namath apparently doing this interview from a bathroom somewhere with the echo around it. You sit down? You sit down. (laughs) Ah, down. What's, what was going on with the way he was uh, enunciating that word? You go down? <laughs> I'm trying to make plays. Um, I love Broadway Joe, though. I do, too. I do, too. I think he's been um, – I think this new era of Joe Namath, fantastic, Josh. Fantastic. Um, meanwhile he's, – He's not wrong, by the way, either. I don't know if you've noticed this. But Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are apparently a thing. And I have you have you seen this anywhere? I've I've seen nobody uh, named Kelly Keegs posting about it constantly. Okay, I have a question. Who is that? Somebody that works for Barstool Sports. It, I have never seen someone I've never heard of in my life, and I'm sure she's infinitely more popular than ninety percent of the people I follow. And, show up more on my timeline. And, and before you send your angry text messages, and yes, we know you're sick of hearing about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. We probably are, too, but uh, can you imagine being that involved in a celebrity's life? Oh, no. And, and I'm, I'm the biggest Blink-182 fan of all time, but I don't care who Mark Hoppus is dating or Tom DeLong. Same. Tom DeLong, long way down. Great tune. Um, isn't that him? Isn't that Tom DeLong who sings it? I mean, that is not. Yeah. That is. Uh, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. I am, I am wrong. Um, the person who sings Long Way Down is, hold on, we're not going anywhere, uh, Rob, it's Robert DeLong. Robert DeLong. Is there a difference? Are they the same? <laughs> yeah, that's not the same individual. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I got to tell you something, man. These Swifties, y'all need help. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, mental health is a serious concern in this country. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm here for it all. There's not a part of me that is like I am tired of this. I can't. No, no. It's 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 entertainment, right? It's at here. Listen to of all people, of all people, Josh Helmer, Mr. Belichick, to have a take on this is Bill Belichick. Now you might remember, um, Bill Belichick had a Taylor Swift take this off season whenever he was in awe of how she performed. Even in the rain, right? Even in the rain. Here is I, I don't remember that at all. Oh, that's, you don't? No, that's okay. great though. Belichick was uh, was asked about her. I guess he does a bit on one of the radio stations, like in a Boston, weekly, weekly, like a hit weekly or hit. And he talked about how impressed he was with the way that she was performing, even while it was raining out. I finally found the cut. It took me long enough. Here was him on said radio show yesterday. Swifty to Swifty. Uh, Taylor Swift was in attendance to watch Travis Kelsey's game with his mom in the box. Seems like they may be the new it couple. Where do you fall on that? <laughs> Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, power couple in the NFL. Well, I would say that Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. <laughs> this would be the biggest. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, yeah. Loving him was red. <laughs> What's going on with her voice? Is that normal? 
Who was that that asked I have that question? No idea. It's it's uh, it's a station in Boston. Loving him was Fred. Um, what else do we have from the NFL that I wanted to get to? Oh, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott doing what Dak Prescott does for some Cowboy fans, making excuses. <laughs> Y'all put us on top of the world. We knew we know who we are. Um, and in that same sense, I'm sure the media got got what they wanted. Uh, for us, um, it hadn't been. But one one undefeated team in this league, um, ever, ever. So, uh, yeah, it, it sucks. It's humbling. Um, but to say it's a wake up call, we we knew we had a lot of adversity, um, and we just just didn't get it done. And I think it just goes back to to myself, the offense, and, and the red zone. So I mean, we get better at there, we win this game. But uh, we've we've got to fix that area. Period. This isn't our fault. We lost to the Arizona Cardinals. It's your fault, media. I'm so glad the media got what it wanted. Yeah. All right, we got to hustle. Big story number two. Number two. Number two. Things did not go well for our beloved Baker last night as the Philadelphia Eagles beat up on the Buccaneers 25-11. to Meanwhile, late, Cincy beat the Rams 19-16. to Two things stood out, though. Number one, Joe Burrow does not look healthy. It was good to, to get through this one. That means it'll be stronger for this week. Um, so hopefully I can have a full week of practice to, to prepare for next week. Does it? Does it? One and two. Um, they avoided the 0-3 uh, start. Uh, last team to make the playoffs starting 0-3 was the Texans in 2018. I think it's, what, only six teams in the modern eras? Vikings, are they going to do that? I don't think so. <laughs> I think the Vikings might be done, so done. What was the luck factor that we always like to look at? They were the luckiest team in the NFL last year. Yeah, I think I think the, the luck's caught up to them. But uh, that division, I mean. Oh, it's wide open. No one's going to run Detroit's away. Detroit's good, but everybody else. And then okay. uh, the, the other development was that we learned, we learned that Jalen Hurts was apparently playing with the flu last night. And it was just casually dropped in in the middle of the broadcast. Ah, it's a tight game here early on. And then out of nowhere, Adam Schefter is like, yeah, Jalen Hurts playing flu-like symptoms. Back to you guys. (laughs) Can you imagine doing anything professionally while you had the flu? No! I got a little tummy ache today. I'm excited for the show to be over. I mean, I'm ready to... (laughs) Gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here, man. Which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Now, we've played this a couple of times, but if you missed it, Britton Venables did give an update on Jaron Canick's injury. He practiced uh, today, so uh, that's great, you know. So, again, just he's got hit hard, and all the scans, everything came back good, and uh, he's a tough guy, but we'll, we'll still take care of him, you know. And, uh, but he was out there running around, you know, with his uh, with his brother, long lost brother, I, Lee Stutz. I, <laughs> um, we'll hear more from Brent Venables coming up here in eight and a half minutes from now. We also know our captains for this weekend. Who are the captains for this weekend? Rondell Bothroyd, L.V. Bunkley, Shelton, Key Lawrence, Marcus Stripling who seemed to be getting a few more snaps on Saturday, and Tawee Walker. So there you go. And by the way, on the huddle, since we tape it on Mondays, dude, Emmett Jones is awesome. Did you hear what I told Toby? I did, yeah. they. Uh, he wants wide receivers like backers running yeah. around out there. He wants his wide receivers to have a linebacker's mentality. Good. Everything is physical. We demand physicality. I would say Andrell Anthony had uh, a linebacker's mentality on one catch. All right, uh, some final thoughts presented by Primrose Funeral Home next. Final segment is our final thoughts. And as always, it's brought to you by Primrose Funeral Services, a compassionate staff that's been providing the highest quality care for over 80 years. Contact Primrose Funeral Service, 405-321-6000, or visit them. Online at primrosefuneralservice.com. couple minutes. What are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Uh, exciting news about Jaron Canick. I, I still don't know if you would. 
don't know. I still don't know if you'd put yourself in a situation where he going to play. But I, I don't think it's rest him. Get him 100% for Texas. No, I want him out there. I want him out there. As long as we're not in a situation where re-injury factor is high, right? Is it one of those where these types of injuries I've, – I've never dealt with, like, the chest contusion or the chest injuries. I don't know if it's just a pain threshold. Reading between the lines, it sounds that way. Right, right, exactly. If it was more serious, I think Venables would have indicated as much yeah, last night. exactly, exactly. Um, but I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. Tell For me those one of you, thing. yeah, one thing, Primrose Funeral Service. I don't know. Let me tell you one thing, Josh. It's really exciting to hear how Brent Venables talks about this team from the perspective and angle of not being satisfied. They're not satisfied. And I think that is incredibly exciting. Dude, there's two very interesting upset special candidates that just popped on my board. Clemson, a seven-point favorite against Syracuse. Yeah, Cuse has been playing some good football. How about A&M, six and a half points against Arkansas? Now, is that still in Jerry World, or did they go back to stay to home and home on that? I say we'll look it up tomorrow. It's not, it's not worth it now. Don't A&M's favored? A&M's favored. Yeah, I kind of like Arkansas, I too. do, too. But see, and, and, you know, Drake's already thrown that his upset pick out there is Duke, and that had been my slam dunk, but Duke's just so – I mean, Drake's been so terrible at his picks, I feel like I need to fade him. So when I agree with him, that kind of scares me a little bit, Josh. I'm a bit worried about that. But Duke's good, man. Duke's good. Yeah, Duke is good. And Notre Dame out there with just 10 guys on the field in the biggest moment of the game? Final thoughts, Primrose Funeral Services, 405-321-6000. Speaking of Drake, he's next with the Brent Venables Press Conference live on the home of Sooner fans. On the Sooner Sports Network, from Learfield, welcome to the Brent Venables Press Conference. From the University of Oklahoma, this is the weekly Sooner Football Press Conference with head coach Brent Venables. Today's press conference is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate, you're in good hands. The Sooners passed their first Big 12 test of the season on the road in the Queen City of Cincinnati on Saturday. Team 129 120-6 over the Bearcats. And as we await head football coach Brent Venables, here's how it sounded with voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, on the call Saturday. Compact formation to the right here. Henderson, the wide out to the left. Jones keeps it, runs, runs right into Danny Stutzman, who as he was falling down, tackled Emory Jones for a two-yard loss. One receiver left. That's their leading receiver, Henderson. He's matched up on Woody Washington. Back to pass Jones. He's going to run it himself up the middle. Caught, dropped. Jaron Kanick playing well early. That'll be a no gain. Fourth and ten. And Cincy will settle for a field goal try. Sooner shift receivers. Quick snap out to Farouk. Caught on the edge with there lead blockers. 35-40 yeah. down the sidelines. He's got room. 50. 45-40. Banged out of bounds in Cincinnati territory. Jalil Farouk on the loose. Tempo snap. Gabriel handoff. Nope. Play action. Throws across the middle. Nick Anderson wow. in traffic. Hung on to that was a little bit of how it sounded Saturday for Team 129 against Cincinnati. 20-6 win. But now we have head coach Brent Venables up at the podium. Here's the head football coach. All right. Good to see everybody. Uh, good morning. Uh, got a great uh, matchup this week uh, with Iowa State, a team that's had a lot of success against the Sooners. Uh, had a great win last week against uh, Oklahoma State. And they played really, really well on both sides of the ball. Uh, quarterback uh, Rocco Becht had a had a terrific game, pass for 350 yards and uh, zero interceptions, and a really good game. And uh, Obviously, Iowa State's two and two coming in on the on the year. Uh, had a game against Iowa a couple of weeks ago that went down to the last possession of the game and uh, came up short, twenty to thirteen, and and lost a tough game uh, at Ohio, a game which they were missing their their best receiver. And uh, uh, again, the, the defensively, uh, they're playing really really well again on defense, number one in the in the Big Twelve uh, in total defense, and if been the standard on defense uh, the last 
uh, five years or so here in the conference, in the Big 12 Conference. They do a, a fantastic job, Coach Heacock and his staff, on defense. And, uh, you know, I've been really impressed uh, with what I've seen from their football team, uh, certainly considering some of the off-the-field uh, issues that they've been going through. Uh, you know, they've done, uh, you know, much better than probably a lot of people anticipated. And um, they're getting better uh, each week. No surprise, Coach Campbell and his staff have done a, a fantastic job, uh, you know, since he's been there. And uh, as we know, the last three times that Iowa State's come to, to Norman against some pretty good teams in 17, 19, and 21, uh, they've had a lot of success, and uh, they won and two in those games. But uh, the scoreboard uh, total uh, for both sides of the ball is 101 for Oklahoma and 100 for uh, Iowa State. So uh, they'll have great confidence. As it'll be a disciplined, tough, physical uh, football team, uh, and uh, going to be again uh, a good challenge for us uh, this week. I want to ask you about the running back rotation. How do you balance the way that things have played out over the last three weeks with trying to get guys into rhythm? And how important do you feel like? Is it important for running for running backs to find a rhythm? I think it. Um, I, I think it can be. You know. You know. I think it's hard to play four running backs in, in the course of a game. And uh, and then I think some of it is you know. I don't, I don't think it's, um, you know, we run an RPO-based offense. So you have several runs that, heck, the, number, the numbers might have been there. You know, the, the precision might have been there, but we pulled it out because maybe the numbers were, were good outside as well. So, uh, you know, sometimes I think it, you know, you want to be efficient. And uh, we got to, uh, as I said last night, you know, my coach's show, you know, we need to be, a little more detail a guy here and there doesn't take but just one guy not doing his job or uh, being uh, not as detailed as we need to be and uh, everything can go to go to heck quickly and Cincinnati was a really good front and they had some uh, did some good things uh, uh, schematically and they're again they're, they're really it's a really good uh, physical group of guys and uh, but we got to be a little more precise and detailed and so uh, again, DeMarco does a great job at evaluating those guys through the course of the week and who's who's practicing uh, the best, and so that's how we make you know a lot of those decisions. Sort of two on two offs. <laughs> sort of seen the last few weeks. I don't know. Been sort of what, whatever. What was it last year? You know. Well, it's just, it's a well Eric Gary had, had established himself. Yeah, you know, so we'd love for somebody to establish themselves. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, Brent, you, you mentioned uh, John Heacock and, and that Iowa State defense. I know when you were at Clemson, you went and visited Iowa State. What do you maybe remember about that? And did you take anything, if anything, and implement that at all? What you're doing? Well, it was you know affirmation that they uh, they do a great job at, at developing and teaching and scheming. Uh, their players play with great effort and toughness and belief. Uh, they're very thorough uh, as a staff. And there's a lot of cohesion there inside that building. And uh, they've developed a great culture. Um, those are the things that have stood out to me. And, and they built something from a systematic standpoint, philosophy standpoint, scheme standpoint that, uh, you know, has had longevity, you know, in the conference. They run that 3-3-5 three, three, type defense. And we've seen you guys run that occasionally here and there. Have you seen that defense maybe change? The way the game's being played, and the way offenses and maybe catching up defensively in terms of that. Um, I think there's ebbs and flows. You know, they get into a four-man fronts uh, a decent amount too, and so uh, out of the same personnel. So uh, they, that, that's their package. But they have you know a lot of uh, scheme versatility to what they can do. I don't know if teams catch up or not. I don't. You know, I, I think in the uh, you know, structurally, it, you know, some things that are uh, people like to say, well, they just got three guys up there. Well, let's go, you know, pound them. And that's true if you got the guys that can do that and the schemes that, 
that allow you to do that, potentially, you know, but I've seen the schemes work pretty good at a high level against really good people too. So I've seen the scheme get obliterated like every other scheme, uh, you know, over the years. So you know, the scheme's no good if the players are executing it and playing with aggression and physicality and fundamentals, and they that's what they do. They do a really good job of doing all those things. Mm-hmm. You're in a stretch of playing against really well-coached defensive lines since saying to Iowa State. For, mm-hmm. for the running game, what kind of opportunity does that give for those guys up front, your offensive line, to get into a rhythm and kind of correct some of the little things and tighten that up as you build through? Well, again, it's a different, different scheme in some ways uh, at times, so... Uh, getting into a rhythm. I mean, I, I don't know if this provides that opportunity. I mean, every week is is, uh, is a season of its own, and uh, every scheme that you play against have has different, uh, you know, different type of focus. But at the end of the day, you you still want to again, you know, come off the ball and know who to target and move people. This is still a game of leverage and inertia and physicality uh, and precision and uh, so uh, you know we've had you know good game control what I like through four games and uh, so uh, you know we've had you know very few drives that uh, uh, the guys were just right on and right off the field some of it's been three and out but some of it you know three and outs might look different uh, at times this year, so uh, when we have had that those, which hasn't been a lot, but um, you know, obviously any offense uh, you strives for balance, and uh, and we want again more efficiency with what we're doing in that in regards to to the running game. You know, Dylan, the starting quarterback at OU is probably always a lightning rod in a certain extent, but how well do you feel like he played Saturday? And how well do you like feel like he's playing yeah, this year? He played, he played good, you know. He played well. He managed things well, made good decisions, uh, led with toughness, played with some toughness. He had, a, you know, several, you know, plus one run game uh, that went for positive yards and, uh, you know, played well. And, and does that mean he played perfect? Nobody that got on the on the plane played perfectly, and that's never expected. But uh, uh, you know, he did a lot that was you know fantastic in the game, and and uh, gave us a chance uh, to win. Brent with uh, Savion, tell us a bit more about what he's been dealing with, and, and if he's going to be in the mix these next few weeks or this week. Yeah, he's he's back. On the defense, Desan obviously got his highest snap count in, in live action. When you went back and watched the tape, is there anything in particular of given play or not where he looked more or less like the quintessential guy you want in that role? Yeah, I mean, he's, again, he's missed a couple weeks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's coming out, of, coming out of spring that really had a really good spring and a good finish and had an excellent summer. First part of camp was was great. Uh, and I saw that. He hadn't played in a little while, and so he'll be the first one to tell you he's uh, kind of getting back into the rhythm of what that looks like and what that process is. But uh, he did a nice job, and I expect him to make, you know, improvement each and every week, you know, that he plays. Brent, after the Tulsa game, you said you had leadership last year, just not enough of it. So what's the process been like seeing guys like Isaiah Coe, Marcus Major sort of, you know, become more vocal and become those guys that you really need them to be? I think it starts with their ability to lead themselves. And that's just a maturation. That's just becoming more mature. Perspective maybe changes. Uh, Sense of urgency maybe changes. Um, maximizing, you know, uh, their opportunities, but learning learning the value of leading themselves first, and then willing to be led, and then three becoming a leader too, and, uh, and all in their own ways. So it's hard to, um, you know, 
quantify it as much as, you know, I think you, you alluded to, you know, being a little more vocal in a particular huddle or in a meeting room uh, at practice, things of that nature. That comes with the confidence, learning, again, how to, how to lead. and But it starts with themselves, you know, believing in themselves, looking at themselves as, as a leader, somebody that's invested. I think that's important when you've invested as much as each of those guys have. I think it, you, you have some ownership not only in your work but in the program and, and uh, for the opportunities that we have, on, you know, as a football team. So I've been proud of them, the way they've grown and uh, their commitment and the care for their teammates and, their, again, their opportunity in this football team. Hey, Brian, you guys are 11th in third down defense uh, so far. I know it's early in the season, but maybe what do you attribute that early success to, and maybe what are you seeing different this year compared to last year? Again, um, knowledge, guys that returning, um, we're more knowledgeable, so we're more confident, so we're more aggressive within the scheme, um, a little more precise in the scheme uh, because of the knowledge. So our ability to execute with a little more precision is is there. Um, as we said, we've we improved our our strength and our speed and our explosiveness with players that are on the roster, uh, and then you know uh, players that we recruited um, also have added you know to that mix. And and same things applies to them. You know, uh, you know where they're at when they got here. You know, several of them got here in January. So a few guys got here in, in the summer. So it's a credit to them, the work that they've put in and over the last several months. And uh, and then again, cohesion, uh, chemistry, leadership. Again, guys have invested a lot of time, you know. So it's not just one thing. It's not just a couple of things. It's about everything. And that's the third down area is a byproduct of, um, again, the small incremental improvement in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Aaron, are you familiar with the uh, the way that Notre Dame-Ohio State game ended Saturday night? I am. Yeah. yeah. Did, did, did you use that? I know coaches are always looking for, at teaching tools, right, or opportunities to reinforce some things. Did, did you use what happened in Notre Just Dame? Just with myself. Huh? <laughs> Just with myself. Yeah. Yeah. How did that look? I mean, we all talked about it as coaches. Yeah. And um, really, the players, you would think, and I, I don't want to probably talk about it, but I mean, it's like, note to self, make sure. So many things. I, I, I say it. I, it's, it's not. I've, I've, you know, your gut hurts. Really, I'll be honest, because uh, that's not the way you wanna, you know. And that did affect, you know, the, certainly the second play, uh, without question. Um, but I sat there and watched it live, and I. My wife sitting there, and uh, my f- father and mother-in-laws, and I'm like, they don't have enough guys. I said, they got a problem on that right side. And sure enough, that's Captain Obviously. He ran the zone right there. But, yeah, you feel bad you know, for him because that was an incredibly well-played game, tough, physical. Uh, it was a, that was a, a fabulous football game. I admired both defenses, you know, uh, you know, the quarterbacks. I, it was a great game. Uh, just. And Marcus, Marcus handled it great. He did what any head coach would. It's, it's on me. Right. But is that is that what a head coach is left to do in a situation like that? Or does he got to go back to the staff and say, guys, you've got to be my eyes? I think it's everybody. Yeah, everybody right. has to have ownership in that. Uh, no doubt. Uh, head coach ultimately takes responsibility for everything that's out there 100% as he should. Uh, but you know, everybody has ownership, <laughs> somebody somewhere. And anyway, I don't, I get myself in trouble talking about it, but sounds easy, but, uh, and it should be better uh, and easier than that, but. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Hey, Brent, you mentioned Beck, their quarterback. Mm-hmm. What did you see out of him? What kind of problems will he pose for you? Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, uh, just, He's um, he's instinctive. He's athletic. Uh, uh, he's confident. Throws the ball well on the run. Um, seems to be a good leader. Uh, likes to play. You can see the emotion uh, without being uh, overly dramatic. But you you see a personality there. Team follows him. 
and uh, you know he's a little, he's consistent, maybe a little more consistent than what, what they were at quarterback a year ago uh, is what I've seen. And uh, they're playing again. Uh, he's just gotten better each week and more and more comfortable. Again, Ohio, the Ohio game, he did not have his uh, best receiver. Uh, and I'm sure that affected them a little bit. But they do a great job with their backs. Backs run tough. Um, their overall numbers aren't uh, eye-popping, but they run really hard. They're tough to tackle. Uh, tight ends are big, long. they got athletic guys. they got big guys. They, they do a variety of personnel groups. And uh, the receiver, Noel, is a, is a really good player. They're getting him the ball lots of different ways. A year ago, the last couple of years, they had a receiver uh, that was tops in the conference as far as receiving. So they know what they're doing, how to, how to isolate a guy and give him a lot of opportunity when they get a good one. And they, they, they certainly uh, have that, you know, in 13. So, but uh, Beck is, he was a national freshman of the week last week. And again, that they haven't had many 300 plus yard passers. And uh, he, uh, he really played well last week, three touchdowns and uh, no interceptions and just making a lot of good decisions. You know, completing you know roughly sixty-five plus percent of his passes, so he's doing a nice job. Brent, when there's competitive depth in these players who used to playing a lot, maybe not playing as much, how special is it for a football player to accept a new role? You know, maybe if you're a defensive player who played a lot of snaps last year, or maybe a running back just not getting as many carries as they expected. So, what was the question? Uh, how special is it for a player to accept that new role that they're not playing? Well, I think it's now? I think it's critical to have the right kind of locker room, and that's not an easy thing. Again, we I don't take that for granted. I think lots of communication is important. Um, you know, that's why again I I, I like playing more guys because uh, everybody likes to play, and uh, even if it's just a little bit, and that sometimes that's easier said than done. I get it uh, at certain positions. Um, but, you know, for us to, to be the kind of program that we want, I want to promote, you know, um, everybody valuing the role that they have and making the most of it and being a good teammate. I think it's important, you know, having a selfless, committed uh, football team that's going to celebrate each other's success and ultimately want the team to be successful is, uh, is critical and again, cohesion and chemistry and building trust with one another. I think it's really important. So we got to do a great job of not taking that for granted as a staff. And, uh, and again, I think giving guys their opportunity when they deserve to play, play. Sometimes it's 90-10, sometimes it's 50-50. And, uh, but if it's, if it's 90-10, they need to play their 10. You know, I think that's important. You know, so when we, you know, by, by middle of the year to November, you know, you got to, a locker room that you know you got really good team morale because it you know, like I've said all along it doesn't get easier as the season goes on it gets harder uh, because you know guys get bored they get distracted uh, they lose vision and uh, uh, you know boredom is the probably the greatest threat to all your success and uh, but for us to be successful you have to go through a uh, a boring routine every week you know. Uh, where uh, most of it's the same, you know, the leaders got to do a good job. Myself's got to do a good job of keeping things fresh and fun. Uh, whatever that means, I think that's important, you know, in a big picture too. But uh, I want to celebrate, you know, some their success. You know, I think that's important that when they, everybody wants to be affirmed in whatever role that they have and they want to be recognized. So that's all part of all of that too, nurturing uh, the competition and you know where guys are. You know, sharing a role. Um, it's, you know, I don't, I don't know if there was. Uh, it's hard to explain. Uh, I don't know if it's. Um, I think there's just more guys that are bought in. I think it's a higher percentage, and. Uh, when I say bought in, I don't. If you're not bought in, I, I, it's not like we had, a, you know, a bunch of bad guys uh, by any stretch. But um, doing everything that we ask you to do is being bought in, 
and then that's on the field, that's off the field, that's in the classroom, that's in the community, that's on the practice field, that's in the weight room, that's in nutrition. Uh, you know, it's, you know, just having a good attitude and bringing value, you know, your, your attitude and your effort, your choice, your decision, something that should never be conditional. And uh, I would just say that, um, you know, there's more guys that are bought into that you know, as much as anything, and they value their opportunity. You know, we, uh, practices have been uh, more productive because we have more competition and uh, more guys understand, uh, you know, how, uh, you know, practice should be run and uh, the competitive strain and, and toughness that it takes and, and all of our routines too. You know, there's a, there's a much... Uh, more of a comfort zone uh, in everything year two in all of our different areas uh, on the field off the field and our development and things of that nature you know we're we've got more guys that show up here for you know uh, uh, we have food for them on Sunday uh, that you would think you know they'd be they'd be lined up all the way up and down uh, Jenkins but uh, a year ago on Sundays they weren't you know and uh, not to the depth that we have this year. So to me, that says that guys are being a little more ambitious and going through a, n a normal routine, you know, treatment, uh, food, uh, film, you know, recovery, uh, school, all everything falls into place, you know. Uh, and that's a very small thing, but it's a big thing. There's a cumulative effect to everything. Way back left, John Hubbard. Yeah, Brent. Uh We've seen some obvious uh, improvements across the defense from last year to this year, and certainly over the last decade or so, uh, you guys are playing at a pretty good level right now comparatively. How close are you, do you think, to playing at the level that you have in your mind for what this defense should look like? I mean, like? We, we've... And, and what's next? What are some yeah, of the Yeah, I mean, steps I think, we, again, we we got a long ways to go. I mean, we're, uh, you know... Again, I, I have a have great appreciation and, and uh, respect for the improvement that our guys have made, um, which we've been talking about for some time now, uh, that we have seen the improvement. But, again, we've they'll be the first ones to tell you if they stood up here, okay, hey, this is the um, – there's, there, there's um, evidence that there has been some improvement, but nowhere close to a finished product. And uh, – that's hard to quantify for, um, you know, I let the, the tell of a season, the whole season. Let's see where we're at the end of the year. I think that will be a little more accurate to where, okay, you know, hopefully at the end of the, the year we've, we've made, uh, we've continued to make strides and uh, improved individually and collectively. Um, that's the expectation. That's the vision. Uh, that's the game plan. Uh, uh, Will our guys continue to keep their head down and stay focused and driven and hungry and uh, humble? That's part of it that we don't know. And that story of the transformation uh, is going to constantly be, it's going to be ongoing. And, uh, but there has been some improvement made. Uh, to what degree, I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's good and uh, can be a lot better. And, and that's in every way. Uh, it's it's tackling, it's covering, it's zone, it's man, it's uh, precision and timing, it's alignments, it's eyes, it's pad level, it's physicality, uh, it's uh, consistency, you know, all of those things. It's red zone, it's third down, it's fourth down, it's P and ten. Uh, you know, we've had we had several mistakes. We uh, and I don't, I don't want to sit here and make it a negative thing and be, oh, well, he's just going to say that. That's not how I am. But I know uh, what my trained eyes tell me, too. And, and But our, it doesn't matter if, 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 if I feel this way and the players feel something totally different. And, uh, and But I'll be the first one to affirm them, uh, celebrate the small uh, successes that, We've had. They deserve that. They've worked incredibly hard. Our coaches have. The players have. And uh, but uh, we've again big picture. We've there's we've done accomplished nothing but uh, getting better. And that should happen. This is a developmental game. The more you play, the better you should get. And uh, so don't want to um, downplay it. Uh, but man, we got 
we're going to have a lot stiffer tests along the way. And again, I'm, I got long-term vision of what we need to do to, to have an elite, uh, consistent defense. And we got we got work to do, uh, but we are certainly uh, moving in the right direction. Brent, Woody Washington, just his leadership and consistency, how much has that meant to bring him along in the development of the other corners that are getting time right now? Yeah, an amazing example. Uh, Woody is just a first-class human being, first of all, just a great person, just a great young man. It's about all the right stuff. You know, excellent student, incredibly uh, humble and respectful, a great leader. He loves his teammates. Uh, in every circle, Woody's popular uh, in the locker room, and not because uh, he's cool with everybody. Um, it's because of who he is as a person, as a, again, as a leader, as a human being, as a competitor, as a teammate. Uh, you know, jealousy is not part of the character of uh, Woody Washington, uh, but he is the model of consistency. He's, you know, he he looks himself in the mirror every day, has great self awareness, knows where he needs to get better. Uh, you know. And uh, but he's he, he's been a great mentor for all the youth that's at that position. Uh, how you work every day, again, just how you take notes, how you let the coach coach you, how you take responsibility when you when things need to be better. And that's not easy for anybody, you know. It's not easy for a head coach, you know. I mean, I screwed that one up, you know. Uh, but that's that's part of it, you know, being uh, a mature uh, leader. And uh, really proud and thankful, you know, for Woody. Yeah, Coach, why weren't Gavin Sachuk and Javante Barnes in the mix on Saturday? Just a week of practice. Should be, do you know if that'll be the case again this week, or it's too soon to tell? It, we just had Monday non-contact practice. So, I don't. You know, DeMarco's going to evaluate that, you know, how they practice. And uh, so... Coach, I'd like to follow up with this question. Accepting there's a long way to go, how does it impact your defense the way you, you finish? Like the second, it's still a game if they score a touchdown. Second and two, you stuff them. Third and two, you stuff them. Fourth and two, turnover. Yeah. Offense goes down, scores. You come back, intercept, game's over. Moving forward, what does that kind of a performance in that situation do for the defense going forward? Yeah, I think, it again, it, it affirms what you've been uh, asking them to do and what it takes, how you got to show up every day. And, and know how to go to the meeting. You know, if they, we had a few young guys that were sitting up here right now, they would tell you, you know, I'll stop the meeting uh, several times if we don't have the right focus in the meeting. If I don't feel like you're 100% locked in, there's, if it's coming out of the mouth, if we're watching it on the screen, we don't get to go back and just do it again. You know, we don't have an opportunity to teach you and learn, you know, every single moment that we're in here matters. And I want our guys to have that sense of desperation, you know, that sense of urgency, that uh, mindset that somebody's trying to drown you. You're like literally fighting for your football life every moment. And I think it takes that kind of uh, focus to be great. And I, I just do. And, you know, We've got plenty of guys that are blessed with talent, but talent's no good without all the other stuff. And knowledge is important. And uh, so we're constantly trying to, you know, challenge our guys to grow mentally. Being great students of the game is is a culture. Um, it's every meeting room in the country is not the same, I believe. And we have an opportunity there to, uh, again, incrementally over a period of time develop uh, an environment where this is a, a critical part of my development. And the coach uh, can either fumble uh, or he can score every day. And I believe that. And uh, so, but the players have to buy into that. And so learning how to do that is important. And, you know, just as a group, we, uh, we, we were not very good at that. Uh, however long we started meeting ago. We've made a great improvement. Um, but the reason I bring that up, I think it starts it starts there. The, the, the improvement that they'll see in themselves on the field 
only um, justifies all the hard work and the things that we're talking about, the, the small details, things that maybe we didn't do well in the game. As I told you, this is going to happen. All right, now let's not make that mistake again. And here's how we're going to do that. And here's what, again, if if you put mistake on the on 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 the tape, uh, you know, on the field a week ago, it's going to be professional courtesy that they that little screen and go play that they ran. Well, you know, we're going to run it all week. You know, hopefully we'll get a little better at it because that's going to show up again. You know, until we uh, show you know that we can you know do things in a disciplined way. But I think discipline is where it all starts for me. And discipline in the mindset, discipline on how I show up, how I show up to that meeting room, how I walk through that building every day, me, and I'm saying how I, I'm talking about the players too, the coaches, the player, the staff, how you walk through that building every day, how you show up to that team meeting is is a sign of respect and value that you have for your teammates, for the team, and for your own opportunity. And uh, so you should come prepared and and and, and be ready to stay Again, doesn't that doesn't mean it has to be um, doesn't mean it doesn't have to be fun. Um, but chasing excellence should be fun, man. And uh, if you love what you're doing, you know it is fun, even though it's hard. And I want our guys to like embrace that, like like enjoy that, and learn um, just how you be a disciplined, excellent, you know, person working on a craft. Because I think those same uh, intangibles will will help separate them. You know when they when they leave the game of football because that day's coming too, and uh, the focus, the detail, the precision, the consistency, uh, the mindset, the figuring stuff out, and uh, empowering themselves and equipping themselves with tools that help them dominate on the field, uh, but dominate off the field as well. But having some success last week, or having success through four games, or seeing a guy like Key Lawrence just grow up right before your eyes and, and and key you know if anybody's had conversation with key uh two years ago uh you said man what a neat, neat guy um, but he'll be the first to tell you that there were always these seeds of doubt um key was a guy that just kind of always worried about you know the externals things that he can't control uh you know other people environment I mean what you might be thinking about him and Instead of just focus on himself and focus on his opportunity and and having great self awareness, I got to get better, and that's not an easy thing to do for a lot of young guys uh, because they've always been the guy. Uh, but the margin for error shrinks when you get to college, and it shrinks when you play better people. And uh, he's he's just had an amazing transformation. Um, I would say probably uh, since the start of you know in January, uh, the end of the season. Uh, and it's I'm really, really proud of him. But it's also um, it's another a reminder for all of us that 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 fourth year, that fifth year, that sixth year player usually they have their best years of football on the back end, not on the front end. And, and every once in a while, a guy like an Adrian Peterson or a Sam Bradford after a redshirt year will just like play at an amazing level. Those are unicorns. And uh, but most people most competitors most players aren't like that it, it there's there's a developmental process and it's mind body and spirit you know their body looks like this but internally they're not quite there for whatever reason and so that's a for me for coaches that's a really cool and i love to promote that i love saying key man i'm super proud of you and you know, all the growth that's taken place and you're a leader now, you know, it ain't just about you. Uh, you're a leader now. Guys look up to you and uh, you're a great example. And look, you start focusing on your teammates success, uh, having humility, uh, showing up every day with the right mindset and look how much improvement has taken place. Teammates see that. Certainly he does. That's cool for me. Uh, I love that. And I love to promote that. Marcus Stripling the last couple of weeks has created more opportunity for himself. And he'd be the first to tell you, man, he was uh, frustrated at times, uh, like a lot of young guys, when they're not having the results that they would like or maybe don't feel like they, they're being recognized or they don't have the opportunity. A lot of times it takes you just look yourself in a mirror. Starts with the man in the mirror first and, and having great awareness of what can you do to make this situation better and then show up with a, you know, uh, uh, again, a, a, a fanatical sense of desperation to do your job, do it well, and quit worrying about you know somebody patting you on the back. 
you know, that might happen as a byproduct, but quit worrying about that. We see you. And, and that's what Marcus has done uh, the last probably three or four weeks. I started in practice and, uh, and, and now he's having some success. So uh, that's, that's a lot of fun. Uh, again, I'd love to see those guys in the last year or so of their careers really having their best years and having fun. You know, taking all these burdens that sometimes it's self-imposed and then sometimes uh, it's the environment. You know, maybe it's home, maybe it's family, maybe it's social media, whatever it is. And it's, it's, it's really cool to see that that burden uh, off of, you know, a guy like Key's shoulders and he's playing free. And uh, and, it, and to me, that's because he's, he quit worrying about things that he can't control. And uh, so really... Um, I think that growth um, will continue to be um, evident for uh, all those guys as long as they stay, again, humble and hungry and driven. But it does, it makes that Monday easier. Everybody will tell you that uh, for the players. They're excited. We had a great Monday night practice, you know, uh, after a month of camp and four weeks of the season. You know, guys have been, they've been going at it. And we, we it, again, the workload doesn't get lighter. You know, it stays the same. The workloader load gets uh, stays the same, um, but can you stay focused? That's what happens in college football. You know, you see it. Let's say if all things are even when it comes to injuries, uh, pe- you know, people stay healthy. Why do those teams? They look so good. Now, what happened? And I believe that guys just they start losing their way for lots of different reasons. They get distracted. And, and that's the that's the art of coaching. That's the art of motivating. That's the art of development of people, which I believe that's what coaching is all about, developing people. Uh, and, I, and I challenge the coaches every single day. You c- continue to develop your position group from a leadership standpoint. you got to be a great example for them. You need to affirm them. You need to call them out when they need to, to be held accountable. But, man, you better celebrate their success as well because they need that too. And uh, lots of layers of communication, I think, are incredibly important so that you keep guys engaged uh, throughout the course of a, you know, a tough, challenging season. You know, all the challenges that a season will bring you. But success uh, brings confidence and, and energy and all those things. And, and uh, so hopefully that'll, that'll continue. You mentioned P.J. last night and Rudy's. You've had plenty of praise for Peyton in the past. What I'm wondering is, you see two guys that were five-star prospects come in and have that type of impact as freshmen. Uh, how much does that surprise and impress you as a coach versus how much do you look at it from the standpoint of, okay, that's kind of what we expected given how highly regarded those guys were coming in? Yeah, I, you know, you know P.J., he might have for maybe just like, a blink of an eye, been a five star. Y'all, y'all had him way on down there for a long time, and uh, so I don't know if he. he you, you, if you ever talked to PJ's family, <laughs> uh, you know they uh, they're incredibly humble, amazing people. So he's not gonna, you know, he has no helicopter parents. Um, he went to a program that are uh, that, you know. Not a lot of people are necessarily talking about, and uh, where they're not just producing amazing talent every single year. He's a blue-collar kid, and uh, he's super humble, hardworking. Uh, nothing that has happened with PJ has surprised me. And uh, when you know we went on our first home visit, Coach Chavis and I, and, and uh, you know PJ has a brother that got drafted. Uh, plays for the Indianapolis Colts now. We played at Northwestern, and he had an excellent combine. Maybe he's 6'3", 280, and ran 4'5", and just freakish. And so we're bragging up PJ. Uh, and uh, his dad's like, who is – no, his mom, I, th- I think it was both. But who is PJ? He's done nothing, you know. And and then they start bringing up their other son, and like, no, he's done – he's got a degree. You know, he's a strong man. You know, he's got this – you know, great body of work. You know, he's getting ready to go to the NFL. And PJ's, no, he's done nothing. And uh, and right then you're like, oh, we don't love these parents. And uh, but uh, so nothing he's done has surprised me. Again, he's just he's a, got great work ethic and uh, he wants to earn everything. Peyton's the same thing. Peyton um, was uh, has been for a very long time. A, a, a different player in whatever environment he's had a lot of success but you got amazing uh parents uh just 
great, great people. You know, Amy and Winston are just amazing people. Raised him the right way. Uh, he's a great friend, great teammate, great leader, super humble, let you coach him hard. Uh, so he's had success as a result. You know, he can get out of his own way. And you see that uh, with some guys that have been affected negatively by their environment. Uh, you don't see it a ton, but it does happen sometimes. I, I, me personally, and I like to promote in the recruiting process, your butt's going to get in the back of the line like everybody else. Them stars, those awards, the all the wins, your tackles, your interceptions, your passing yardage, whatever it is, you can't bring it with you. It doesn't travel. And you're going to you can bring guts and toughness and commitment and consistency and mindset. Those things will travel. Uh, you know, but uh, but you're going to get in the back of the line. You're going to earn everything that you get. And uh, and those guys embrace that. So I think that's because of that it has helped them transition you know uh, pretty well and uh and have some success but y'all did have pga rated down there for a long time i don't know the timeline and i just thought i'd take the moment to have some fun but i'm right all right y'all have a good day